0: Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. I had the privilege to talk with Cami Stockhausen of Field Day about her time preparing for and participating in the Retired Racehorse Project's Thoroughbred Makeover, which took place at the Kentucky Horse Park October 5th through the 8th. Take it away, Cami. Okay, well, Cami, I want to talk to you about the Thoroughbred Makeover. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge thing.
1: Yeah. So let me just give you a little rundown on what it is. So Thoroughbred Makeover was started by Stuart Pittman, who was a very high level eventer. Oh, I don't know how many years ago in his basement, because his concern was a lot of these horses were coming off the thoroughbred racetrack and not getting the reeducation they needed to be useful horses in another life, whether that be working ranch or polo or whatever. And so from what I understand, he started a competition among his friends of who could, you know, get a horse off the track and make it be really excellent. By the fall, so that they could sell it to another person or use it in their barns or whatever. Well, it grew and grew and grew until now it's a big 501c3 organization, and they have this gathering in Lexington, Kentucky at the Kentucky Horse Park, which is the motherland. And this year was, I believe, 385 horses. So people had gotten 385 horses off the track and given them an education. And some of them were for sale after the competition, and some of them were not. And that's what the thoroughbred makeover is. I
0: love that. I think that's beautiful because, you know, a lot of these horses' track lives is really fairly short. They don't do this into their 10-year-old year. They've got a lot of useful life left after their racing career.
1: Yeah. And actually, there's been some studies done that those horses who have raced often have actually stronger bones than those horses who maybe didn't do anything the first four years of their lives because they have galloped and they have been in a consistent program and so their bones have gotten stronger and whether or not that means anything for the long-term soundness but there are some advantages to having an active young life.
0: Sure, that makes sense. That makes sense with humans too. You know, you get active and physicality is good for people so and probably for their minds too. They're exposed to a lot of commotion I would imagine and you know some stressful rigors. I I
1: love the off-track horses because they've seen tractors, they've been loaded into a starting gate, they've seen crowds, they've traveled, they've been on a trailer. I would much rather have an off-track horse who's three years old than one who's been sitting in somebody's backyard who doesn't even know how to lead or won't catch you in the pasture. I mean, off-track thoroughbreds are like, what? Yeah, we do that.
0: Right. And that was another question I was going to ask you. Tell me about your love for thoroughbreds and then off-the-trackers specifically.
1: A thoroughbred will hand you his heart. Probably sometimes they shouldn't (laughs) because (laughs) You know, sometimes it's it's not in their best interest, but thoroughbreds are very, very good athletes and they have heart like no other horse. I've ridden all sorts of different breeds. I'm not going to say every breed, but, you know, lots of them, but the thoroughbreds are my favorite. And part of it is what I just said. And the other part of it is they can come in all different sizes. You have 14 three-hand thoroughbreds. You have 17-hand thoroughbreds. You have thoroughbreds who look a little bit more like a quarter horse. You have thoroughbreds who are the classic lighter-legged, long-necked, thoroughbred. And I've had a couple of those. So they're just really great. And then the off-track thoroughbreds, I'm kind of a sucker because I'm like, oh, you just don't have an education. You need to get an education. You can go out and do something. I think of it as like these horses who come off the track are like a high school graduate. You know, they have the basic skills, but they just need a college education for them to go on and be something really spectacular. So the college education to me is learning to fox hunt, learning to trail ride, learning to do polo, learning to do some skill that can make somebody love them so that they will have a good rest of their life.
0: Okay. So now Howdy, he's your makeover boy. Did you choose Howdy for the makeover or did you have Howdy and say, "Hey, this makeover sounds like a plan for us?"
1: Well, that's kind of funny because I bought a horse last August and his name his name is Bravado and he actually would have been a great makeover horse cuz he raced last August and I got him pretty much straight off the track but I didn't know about the rules for the makeover so I started riding him right away and he's been a wonderful success and I really love him and he's great but nobody's heard of him because and which is fine because he's not in the makeover the makeover rules are that you can only ride the horse 15 times before December 1st of the year that you're going to show him in RRP we call it the RRP the Retired Racehorse Project it's really the thoroughbred makeover but we. Called the RRP. Okay. So, bravado, because I didn't understand the rules and we needed another horse, so it didn't matter. But he was eliminated from that. Then, in about September of that year, my farrier came here and he said, You know what? I saw your next horse. I go, What? He goes, Nope, you need to have this horse. You need to go down the track. You need to just take your trailer. That's your next <laughs> horse. I'm like, Yeah, whatever, whatever. So, I went down there, and to get on the track is kind of a tricky thing because you have to have a trainer get you past the guard station, and, you know, they don't just let anybody go back here. So I got through that whole rigmarole. I go there, and look at the horse, I take one look at I'm like, oh dear Lord, there's my horse. So <laughs> the thing was, I couldn't really fit him in to my training program until January or so. So I said to the guy, can you just feed him hay, whatever, just maintain him and I'll pick him up in January. And he was amenable to that. So I went down and I got him. I looked at him December 30th again, and then I picked him up like January 9th. Now, you might say, oh, well, you missed a month of training because you could have started training him December 1st for the October competition. Okay, But yeah, really, it doesn't matter that much. Though, As I got close to October, I was like, oh, I could use another month. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it all worked out. So
0: what was it about Howdy that you were just like, yep, you're right, that's my horse?
1: Well, to tell you the truth, it's totally emotional response because he looked just like my horse, Eddie. Oh, And unbeknownst to me at the time, I didn't know that Eddie was five months from his own death. Which was very sad I've had Eddie for 19 years And we've been very successful Through the preliminary level eventing American eventing championships Yada 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 Fox hunting Whatever Anyway Really unbelievable horse for me So I go down there And this horse looks just like a young Eddie oh. And one of the regrets of my life Is that I didn't get Eddie When he was super young I think I got him when he was 8 And it would have been nice to have him When he was 3 yeah. So that I could bring him up like I wanted to and have more time with him. So I was like, hey, yay, young Eddie, perfect, you know, (laughs) and then Eddie died in May. And some of my friends are like, well, you know, Eddie knew he could go because Howdy was here. So that's very emotional.
0: Well, for sure. Yeah. You guys were quite the team for a long time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so what's Howdy's history? Was he a racing superstar?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) ma'am. I think he raced like five times or something. And there was some question about whether he had really the best training as a youngster. They sent him off for training and they think that maybe he just didn't get the time with the trainer that he showed up. So when he got on the track, he was like really confused. Like, what am I supposed to do here? I don't get this. and basically after every race a comment is given for each horse's race and how they run, like for instance, they might say out front early, tired at the end, or made a strong bid at the end and won or whatever. Well, Howdy's race comment after his last race was void of speed. Oh, <laughs> <Oops>. okay. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. So, hmm. so we really don't know if he actually was not fast or if he, just didn't have the technique or what the deal was. But anyway, they were like, okay, yeah, time to retire this horse. <laughs> so that was when I met him in September.
0: Okay. And did you get him at Prairie Meadows locally or did you travel far?
1: I did. Okay. Oh yeah, no. He's from Prairie Meadows and I probably will get his half brother too, who is at the same farm. Cool. Because he looked like a nice boy to me. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, get these horses, like I said, get them some education, get them to a point where somebody can enjoy them and love them and everybody can have a good life. It's good for people. It's good for horses, that whole thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. What do you love about Howdy's mind and personality and physicality that makes you want to grab his brother too while you can?
1: Well, actually, I wanted to grab his brother. His brother's name is Derby because he was born on Kentucky Derby Day. (laughs) I wanted to grab his brother too because I just like him outright. Okay. You know, he's taller than Howdy, and not that it needs to be taller than Howdy, but it's just a description. He's taller than Howdy and a little stouter, which some people prefer. I don't care. I just like him. I just like the horse. Good enough.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I like him. Okay. Well, on to the makeover specifics. So, So when I knew I was going to be able to interview you, I went and researched a little bit and got me all charged up and excited. But they ask you as a trainer to kind of present your expertise, kind of a qualification for getting yourself there. How did you show off that you're the gal, you needed to go there and you were appropriate for the thoroughbred makeover? That is
1: less interesting than you might think. (laughs) (laughs) I sent them to the United States Eventing Association. They keep records of everybody's competition results and they're easily searchable. Since Eddie and Elliot, my other horse Fabuloso had gotten me to the American Eventing Championships at the prelim level several times, they were like, well, duh, you're in
0: pretty boring. Yeah. Easy enough. Cammy. there is a lot of competition at that show at the Makeover yeah. Project.
1: Yeah, yeah, there really is. And what's cool about it is there were some four-star riders there and 4 star is the highest level of eventing in the world and there were some people who are like, I thought I'd just try eventing. <laughs> so they're just out there and I'm like, "Wow." And I just think that takes so much courage to just put yourself out there. But the people who flat out won and to tell you the truth for both of the events I was in, the people won by 20 points. The people who flat out won probably started their horse, you know, December 1st and really focused on it and just, they were astonishing. Astonishing.
0: Well, and that's one of the things that I just love about you. So, when I had first written up my questions, you were, I think, just planning on doing your working ranch when you're an eventer, and it ended up that you did both things, which is a lot of work in and of itself. But what made you choose working ranch? That's a little outside your wheelhouse. You had to train you and train Howdy.
1: Well, it's true, but I did Western riding at open shows and stuff when I was a kid in Wisconsin. So, like putting on a Western saddle. Blah, 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 all that stuff. That didn't bother me. And working cows didn't bother me. I just was like, well, it's just a different game. Let's go learn a new game. You know, like I'm tired of playing Scrabble. Let's play Parcheesi.
0: (laughs) So you went to some clinics and stuff to learn some of the finer skills?
1: No, the most hilarious moment of it was the first show I went to. It started like 8 a.m. and it was down near Osceola. And I just show up with my 17 hand thoroughbred, and most of the horses there, by choice, are like fourteen three to fifteen one, mm-hmm. maybe fifteen two. Really small horses and normal sized people. I, I was going to say big people, but whatever. <laughs> people who are you know six foot or whatever sitting on these horses and it's totally appropriate. That's what they do because these horses need to be quick to work the cattle and to do the reining patterns or whatever else. So I show up with a server. <laughs> And they have professional classes and amateur classes. And I desperately wanted to do the amateur class, even though I'm a professional horseman. But I wanted to do the amateur class because they had boxing. And boxing is just where you literally box the cow. This doesn't mean like hit it like in boxing. It <laughs> means like you create a box that they need to stay in with your horse. So if it turns left, you turn it back right. If it turns right, you turn back left. And you know, you're know you supposed to influence it, move it back and forth, right? And I wanted that just with my first experience, right? Because it's relatively simple. It's not easy. But It's simple. Mm -hmm. I asked them if I could be allowed to do that. I said, I don't care about a ribbon. You know, I just want to get the experience for my horse and for myself and blah, blah, blah. And they go, well, we'd have to have the board meet about that. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is going to be two months and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm standing there and I'm like, what do I do about that? Just wait here. Okay. (laughs) She's over there and she's talking to two cowboys and two cow women. I I don't even want to call them cowgirls because they were like really awesome. And they're talking and I just thought they were standing there talking. That was their board meeting. Oh, nice. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) and they're like oh yeah you can do that you're fine no problem you're not gonna get a ribbon but off you go so yeah so they let me show as an amateur which was awesome the other fun thing about it was the third show I did I did the working ranch class which is where you do a raining pattern then you work a cow and when you work the cow you have to box them which is what I just told you and then you have to run them up the long side of the arena and then turn them and then turn them again. And then if God is with you, then you go in the middle of the arena and you circle the calf the steer. And then you circle it in the other direction. And this is where angels fear to tread. It's yes. so cool. So by this time, I'm like, all right, my horse is cowy I can do a reigning pattern. Let's do this. So I entered the class. And the funny thing was, this whole time, I was riding in a western saddle. It was borrowed, mind you. I was riding in an English bridle because I'm like, good enough, it's leather, whatever. And I had a on a shirt which was like an English type shirt, but it had a collar and long sleeves and it wasn't so far off the working ranch classes that you know it was offensive or anything. But I go in the class and I did a half decent job. Like there was four people in the class. I think I still came in fourth, but I mean at least I wasn't like a distant fourth. I was like in the ballpark. And yeah, and if people came up to me like, you know, you really should wear the proper clothes. We're (laughs) glad you're here, but you need to wear the proper clothes. And I was like, Yay, I've arrived. I'm not terrible anymore because they actually care what I'm wearing. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive.
0: Howdy's a big old boy and that's all totally new to him.
1: Yeah and he's quicker. Very very quick. It's surprising actually. I have a hysterical picture of a clinic we were at and we had I said you have to take the cow down the long side right and then you have to turn it back and then you have to get past a marker and then you have to turn it away from where the other calves are and that second turn can be harder because the calf's like I want to go back to my friend. Sure. So Howdy and I turned the calf the first time but... Our physical turn, the way we turned was a little bit slow. We turned on the forehand instead of on the hindquarters. And so we got a little far behind. So I just gunned it, right? I just threw the reins at him and he's like, go, 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 go. And he just exploded. And he went all the way down by that calf. And then I thought to myself, what am I going to do when I get to that fence? (laughs) And Howdy said, well, you turn the cow back, Silly And he just, like, jumped at that cow. And it was hysterical because the person who was two before me was a really, really, really good rider. And her horse turned back pretty hard, and she almost fell off, and nobody could really blame her. Howdy turned back, like, so hard, so hard that I didn't even have time to think about it. And I was, like, right there. And I think it's because of all my fox hunting and all the eventing and stuff. You just go with whatever the horse does. So I get that with the whole pattern and this really wonderful Cowboy was leading our clinic, and he also judged this little shell that we had. And he saw that, and I come over there, and he goes, "How old is that horse?" I said, five. He goes, "He dang near laid down on that turn." <laughs> that boy, said, you? yeah. If we could get him. Yeah, I know. He was great. He was great. So it was just really fun. The thing of it was, is all the really, really, really nice people I met at the clinics and at the shows and everything else. I mean, I just had a blast. I don't regret anything I did. And uh, I pulled out my chaps. Oh, I'm going to brag here. Listen to this. I pulled out my chaps that I wore when I was 18 Mm -hmm. and they fit that a girl and i'm i know i'm significantly more than 18 at this point but <laughs> i took him down to veaches which is a leather shop that a lot of people might know in ankeny mm-hmm. and i go look my chaper, when i was 18 years old still fit and laura and carrie looked at me and they go mm, they could use about an inch <laughs> I'm like all right okay an inch but whatever it's
0: <laughs> it. so we it. let him out a little bit yeah well yeah you don't want those things being a little too snug that's no fun.
1: No, no, that's no good. Yeah, not being no able good. to
0: breathe and stuff, you know. So yeah.
1: Oh well, or bend your knees <laughs> if they're too tight. They'll pull on your kneecaps when you ride in the horse, and that's a really weird feeling. You don't want that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, what made you decide to tack on eventing too, or had you really planned on doing the working ranch and eventing when
1: you were going to the makeover? Well, that was my best laid plan okay. was to do both of them. But the way it went, we had a little problem with ulcers. We had a little problem with equine recurrent uveitis, which I can talk about and We should we could do a whole show on that. I'd like to talk about that. And so I got set back a little bit. And so it got to be like oh, August fifteenth and the show is early October and I hadn't really done much eventing. And I was like, Holy cats, how am I gonna do eventing at this thing? <laughs> I know like the back of my hand how to do this level of eventing, no problem. But it turns out that there was a schooling an open cross-country schooling down at Longview Horse Park in Kansas City, another one down at Heritage Park in Kansas City on a different weekend. My friend Susan Brigham let me school her horse park over in Iowa City. And so while we hadn't done a competition, we had done all the pieces of the competition. All we had to do is put them, all we had to do, we put them together (laughs) at the RRP. Okay. It just came together. And I never told the RRP people that I was thinking of only doing working ranch because I could always bow out at the last minute. It wouldn't mean much. But then it all came together and I'm like, well, let's go do it. That is awesome.
0: So talk about the whole RRP from leaving Cambridge to getting there to coming home. Talk about all of that.
1: Okay. We had some friends from Nebraska who were also going with their trainer but their trainer's horse became unsound and so then their trainer wasn't going anymore. So they decided to throw in with us, which was great because we have a three horse trailer and that would only be two so we're fine. Except there's a lot of tack and stuff. Oh, tack sure, and yeah. savings and hay and grain. And I alone had four saddles because I had one I was going to drop off that I sold to somebody in the Quad Cities. So there's one. I have my dressage saddle, my jumping saddle, my Western saddle, breastplates, bridles. And then her, thank God, she did field hunters and show jumping. So that's the same saddle. So she only one saddle <laughs> and one bridle. So that was fine. But the big stuff that kills you, like the hay and the shavings, just takes a lot. Well, and sure. it's much easier to buy shavings here than to buy them there because we weren't going to arrive until like six o'clock after everything was closed at the park. So we wanted to have everything on board be self-contained. Anyway, so we left about six in the morning and they drove their own truck, which worked out really well because it just would have been too crammed in our truck. And we drove to the Quad Cities and dropped off my saddle and that went fine. We just basically had a really, really easy trip. We just cruised on down there, went to Indianapolis and then down to Lexington. And the night before I wanted them to be able to stretch their legs because they were on the trailer 11 hours. And so we stayed at a little horse. Property that was nearby, a little farm, Garlet Oaks, I think. And so they had this big paddock together, and they just trotted around, and then they ate grass all night. And the hilarious thing was, they also ate clover all night. And so the next day they were drooling because <laughs> clover will make them drool. Sure. Yeah. So it was really awesome. <gasps> so it didn't matter; we weren't showing anyway, so it's fine. And then they settled in there beautifully. We rented a little house near the park, what and a that good was idea. like the best thing I've ever done.
0: Oh, sure, that's a great idea. It was great. Yeah, that's a great uh, idea.
1: Yeah, it was a mile and a half, so it was like so easy. And this little farm that we rented the paddock at was like a mile and a half from that, so it could not have been easier. So, the next morning, we got up and went and got them from the farm and took them to the barns at the horse park. So, Howdy gets off the trailer like, yeah, this is beautiful. Glad y'all are here to see me. Thank you very much. we relax, <laughs> like, really? And their horse was a little more upset, but not too bad. So, our stalls were separated because we didn't know ahead of time that we were going to be together. So, we didn't really see much of each other that day because she was just practicing her thing, which is different than mine. And so I put on my Western saddle and went and rode in the arena. And the covered arena can be a busy place when there's a lot of people riding around in it and he was pretty nervous. In retrospect, I'm wondering if we had a saddle fit issue because he was doing everything right. He was getting his leads. He was doing his spins and rollbacks and all that stuff. And that was fine. And ironically, or maybe not ironically, rollbacks on a thoroughbred are really easy. (laughs) because Really really easy. So basically you canter down, you stop, you do a 180 and you canter off in the other direction. Mm -hmm. But he found this like so easy. Like where's the difficult part of this? You know, he just, I know. Well, I think Because it's so easy for them to fire, you know, they just, they have so much forward momentum that if you can get them stopped, that's the key. (laughs) if you can get them stopped, then the rollback itself is really easy. So that was kind of fun. But I was still like, God, you know, it can't be, rollbacks can't be this easy. So I wanted to find Russell Littlefield, who was the winner from last year, who was a friend of a friend of mine. And I called him and asked him if I could have like a 20 minute lesson with him. Oh, good idea. And he's like, oh yeah, we, we can get that done. And oh my God, he's like such a polar opposite for me physically. I'm really tall. I'm 6'3", and pretty much normal weight for my height. He is not fat. I'm not saying he's fat, but he's probably 5'10", and cowboy wiry. Sure. So, I mean, walking around, we're like Mutt and Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I can meet you out there at four o'clock, whatever. Oh, yeah. And then it just didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. He had regular clients and stuff. So I understand that I got moved to the back burner. That's fine. I said, well, can we just ride together for five minutes? I just have a couple of questions I want to ask you. He goes, okay, sure. So he's all done with his day and I'm pretty much done with my day. And we're walking around the hunter jumper rings, which is hysterical to see us in our Western saddles, walking around the hunter jumper <laughs> rings. And I said, I just want to ask you about rollback, because what I find is if I keep more weight on my inside seat bone. And if I just look up and cue for canner and look in the direction I want to go, it just is not hard. And what am I missing? And he goes, well, rollback shouldn't be hard anyway. And I'm like, okay, good point. And he goes, and I don't even know what you're talking about with seat. <laughs> Which I thought was great because he's like very near the top of his sport. You know, he's very, very good at what he does, but they just don't even, or I can't say they, but at least he does not even think about those things. And it could be one of two things. It could be either they honestly don't think about those things or he's such a good natural rider that he has never been forced to break it down Mm -hmm. which is what I suspect is happening because I watched on Saturday they had this showcase where the top five from each discipline would show their thing and I watched him riding and there were things that the working ranch people do that English people are like what you know so I have once I get past those in my brain the way he rode was just beautiful because you know his seat moved perfectly in rhythm with the horse he had such a relaxed elastic connection really, really was a thing of beauty. And I hope that more English people can start to see really good Western and more Western people can start to see really, really good English. Then we'll quit with the Western is better than English, English is better than Western Mm -hmm. baloney because it's baloney. Okay, so that was Wednesday. Thursday was working ranch day and Howdy warmed up beautifully. He was really, really great. Then when we went in and did our pattern, the rollbacks were pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad at all. And then when we had to do our spins, he just lost his ever loving mind. mind I mean I, I don't know he was like what are you even talking about you know so yeah I know it was terrible and I actually there were pictures of me I'm actually laughing as this happened because I'm like there's nothing you can do when that happens you know when when your horse just goes I have no idea and I don't think it was the atmosphere I honestly don't know what happened anyway so the spins were pretty awful but we got them done thank you God and then we had to do a, a large fast circle and a slow small, small circle and a large fast circle and then the same thing in the other direction and he actually did quite well at that but it was done more i mean i just know because i looked at the video if i was a western rider looking at that i'd go oh tension too much rain contact blah blah blah, blah. as an english rider if you were watching somebody on cross country you'd be like that's a pretty nice canter mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> so yeah so Basically, we were faking it in the circles and I didn't mean to fake it. It was just that his tension was so large that that was the best I could do. But, you know, he held it together and then we had to do uh, run down and stop and stand. And the way the pattern had gone, I thought, oh, my God, he's going to stop and jig and might Mm -hmm. even rear. Who knows? (laughs) But he stopped and stood. I was like bonus so then if you know about working ranch after that you nod to the cattle people and they release a steer for you and then you have to do the pattern that I described before where you do the boxing then move them up the long side and then circle okay well our boxing went really, really, really well because I watched a bunch of other riders and these cattle, I I don't know that much about cattle, but it looked to me like they're really skittish. And some of these people were just like getting too close to them and then the calf would move too quick and then it would start to be too fast and it would just be very stressful on everybody. And first of all, you don't want to do it that way. And second of all, you can lose points for stressing the calf because the fact of the matter is you're supposed to be training these horses for actual cattle work. Like if you had to go out and sort cattle in Oklahoma, the rancher does not want you to stress the cattle. He wants you to move them as quietly as you can. So my plan was to stay 30 feet off that cow for boxing and then just move in as was required. Only be as close as I needed to do to move that cow. And that worked really well. I was rather proud of myself. Mm-hmm. I got the steer box pretty well. Well, he didn't want to go up the long side. So he did eventually and then I thought I got him past the marker and turned him back and then turned him back the second time. But apparently one of those times I didn't get him past my marker. Oh shoot. So yeah it's okay it's okay because after my raining pattern i wasn't gonna i wasn't really in contention anymore <laughs> now i was just having fun and that was cool everybody there was like really supportive it was great but anyway so then i moved down to my circling and wonders never cease i got both circles they weren't pretty but we got both circles so that was very exciting that's very hard to very do, so I, I know yeah i know and honey was great and then the, if you have a website i gotta send you pictures to post because i mean he looks pretty fierce there for a while and pretty cool absolutely yeah so i was like pretty stoked i I knew I didn't win. And I knew that people, you know, I watched other riders. I'm like, okay, huzzah, you're awesome. You know, <laughs> obviously you do this all the time. I don't, I just think it's cool. And I want to try it. Okay. So <laughs> don't be insulted, be flattered that I'm here. And there were other people like me too, who are just like, yeah, I don't know, I just want to try it. Anyway. So then I looked at my score and I was just like so far behind the leaders that then I was a little sad. But then I'm like, all right, I need to just go and have a bourbon and <laughs> notice that, you know, what, it doesn't matter that I was not really in the ballpark with them. What matters was, We did an okay job. We represented Mm -hmm. and we had a good time. So it was really great. So that that was over by like one o'clock. So we watched all the other disciplines the rest of the day. Like there was all day long hunters, all day long jumpers, polo, competitive trail. Uh, We watched the fox hunting in the morning before my working ranch. It was just amazing. It was like having six shows in one place. <laughs> a little bit of everything. And like everybody's outdoor yeah, concerts. Yeah, and, right. And everybody there, yeah, just, Yeah. it was like an outdoor concert of thoroughbred. There you go. <laughs> everybody there was a thoroughbred aficionado, and there were a lot of people who were shopping for their next horse because what a great place. You can get an off track horse that has a solid foundation. You can watch it compete. You can have it vetted there. Rudin and Riddles right across the street. It's a great place to buy a thoroughbred. Sure. So that's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger figure as people figure out how convenient that is so I, I met a bunch of people who were looking for horses so that was cool okay so that was Thursday and then Friday was a venting day and I really really enjoyed working ranch and I probably will do it again and it was fun but like on a venting day I'm like all right we're home right. I know how this works this will be fine so with that in mind we go over to dressage and he didn't lose his mind like he did in in the raining pattern but he just had all this tension and i like i said i don't know if we uh, if we're dealing with ulcers or what the deal is and after our test which was really tight i was like a little sad because i'm like you know we left so much on the table there he knows so much better than that and he's a good horse so i don't know why he would act like that i there has to be a reason so that's still a mystery to me and i'm still working that out but that's what horsemen do so then I brought him back to the stall, let him eat some hay, took off his saddle, gave him some water, blah, 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 all that. And then I went and changed it in my cross-country gear because then we were going to do show jumping and straight from show jumping or 10-minute break, then over to cross-country. That's fast. So okay. you, yeah, it's it's a great format because you can get a lot of horses through. Mm-hmm. And I think it's perfect for the horses. But Some people don't think it's a good format, but I think it's perfect because what better thing than to warm up over fences that come down, right?
0: Right. What yeah.
1: is jumping 12? 12 jumps. It's a warm-up, really, for cross-country, if you want to think of it that way. Sure. And obviously, before you do show jumping, you go into the warm-up arena and jump some jumps. I mean, you're not just walking up to the show jumping ring and jumping. <laughs> it, but they had, Kathy uh, Weishaupt was there, and she was the winner last year, and she was a judge for show jumping. And what was really, really cool, in a traditional event, you only get points added, because low score wins in eventing, usually, if you knock down a rail. But in this competition, because they understand the horses are green and blah, 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 rating each jump giving you a score like a dressage score for each jump, which was really, really interesting. And I learned you know, I got some really good feedback. Yeah. She said some really positive things. She just said, you know, he just needs more miles. But um, the other things, she said, you know, nice lead change and quality horse and bought some really, really nice things. So that was lovely. But I didn't see those until later. So then I came up. Oh, he had one rail, but he jumped beautifully. In fact, I have one picture of his knees higher than his muzzle. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I know if I wanted to sell him, I would could sell him as a hunter. Right. Just <laughs> off that picture. But I don't want to sell him. So then we went to cross-country and I literally jumped two jumps for the warm-up because it's like, hello, I just jumped, no so jumping. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the first jump on course was a raised log and they had a raised log in the warm-up. So I'm like, how about I jump that twice? So I jumped that twice and then they said, you can go whenever you want. So I'm like, okay. So I went <laughs> and <laughs> it was so simple it was crazy so he jumped really 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 well we had beginner novice course right next to a novice course and I had actually signed up for beginner novice because I didn't know how the training was going to go in September and it turns out we jumped the whole novice course with the exception of the ditch they call it a coffin half coffin complex it just means there's a ditch then a couple of strides to another jump. I jumped the beginner novice option of that because the novice option had this huge ditch. And I was like, I don't think we need to do that. Today. <laughs> <laughs> so he jumped that and there was a part on the course where you had to show the gallop. So what you had to do is jump the jump and then actually gallop like you would if you were an upper level horse and then bring him back and then jump the next fence. And so I was like, all right, we can do that. So mm-hmm. galloped a little bit, jumped down the bank, did all this other stuff and he got an 85 which is a really, really good score. The highest score of the whole competition was 87. Nice, Cameron. And they were, yeah, they were 97 horses. Wow. So, yeah, so I was, that was a great way to end the weekend. If I would have started the weekend like that, I'd have been like, oh, it can only go down notes. But, <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> It was a great way to end the weekend. And then, let's see, oh, we stayed. That was on Friday. And, um, oh, he ended up 29th of 97 because our dressage really hampered us because we had a low score in that. But, oh, well, it doesn't really matter.
0: Overall, that's Um, still really impressive. There's a lot of competition there. Yeah,
1: and there's a lot of nice horses and there's a lot of really nice riders. So, yeah, yeah, oh, we were thrilled with that. And I was actually thrilled with Working Ranch, too. It it all worked out, you know. Mm -hmm. It was really, really fun. That's awesome. But there's more. Okay. So that was Friday. And then Friday night, we met with a oh, little sidebar. My niece gallops thoroughbreds in Lexington, which is, I mean, what a cool job. That'd be to so cool. Them at yeah. the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. So we had dinner with her and heard all the galloping stories, which was fun. And then Saturday was the showcase. So like I said, the top five from each competition come out and they actually are still competing with each other to find out who is the best eventing thoroughbred of that year or whatever. And the prizes are actually fairly significant. It's $5,000 for the winner and then like three, two, and one down from there or something like that. Nice. I don't know. But I went and supported all the events I rode in just to cheer the people on, all that stuff. And then I watched Polo too. And Polo, I have new respect for Polo. Oh my God. Those horses are so supple, so trained, so rideable. It's amazing. They really set a standard. It's amazing. But that's the cool thing about the RRP is you other sports mm-hmm. and the people that you meet is outstanding and just really really cool
0: there's a vendor fair or a trade fair is that correct yeah
1: okay yeah, yeah. is it and as cool have, as you'd think well it is as cool as you'd think except the problem is we've been there during Rolex oh, okay. the Rolex three day event and that vendor fair is ridiculous like you're <laughs> never going to top that sure. except for the world equestrian games which was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was it was very good a lot of the things were thoroughbred specific so that was cool like um, you know a lot of the canter. I don't like the word rescue. They're uh, organizations that help to rehome these thoroughbreds. Mm -hmm. There you go. All all of those uh, were there and then they had ferro plate. They had picture vendors and painters and artists and all sorts of stuff. It was really cool.
0: Okay. What was the best part of the entire Uh, time? What's your highlight?
1: Oh boy. That's a hard one because there there was a lot of really cool stuff. You know, I think one of the cool things that was surprisingly fun was after I warmed up my horse for working ranch we had to wait a little while because things were not quite on schedule. And so I just parked Howdy next to the other working ranch people in the middle of the ring. And all the horses just cocked the hip. And we all just sat there. And I'm like, I'm a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was really fun. I like that. And then every moment of cross-country was so fun because the horse was just like, I know how to do this. I can do this. I why didn't you ask me this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> and you're at Kentucky was great. Horse Park. and then it's pretty cool. Oh, I know, I know. I, I know. The first I this is the third time I've ridden there and the first time I rode there I was not really inside. I was not in the moment. I was standing beside myself going, oh, I'm riding at the Kentucky Road oh, <laughs> So that was really cool. Oh, and then the other thing I did is Saturday after all the showcase was over, I tacked up my horse and there was a combined driving event going on at the same time. So that was just over. The last competitor was going over. And the footing was perfect. And I probably, well, it's okay. It's already happened. So better (laughs) to ask for forgiveness and permission. I put his tack on and I went out and I cantered through the hollow, which is way out on course. It's it's a very well-known obstacle on the Kentucky three-day event course. And obviously there were no jumps in it, but I cantered through the hollow where all of the four-star riders rode. So that was, that was really, really fun. I enjoyed that.
0: That's pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. So, Cammy, is the thoroughbred makeover something that you would see yourself doing again?
1: Yeah, I probably will. The reason it worked well this year is because we had a couple of horses who were aging out and we needed some young horses around here. But in order for me to do it again, I'd have to probably sell one of the horses I have now, which actually is the point, you know, for me sure. to bring horses along so that people can have these horses because, you know, a lot of people from what I understand, aren't going to just start a horse off the track. But they take a horse, they buy a horse who has had a year's experience and who's rideable and who's sweet and who you know knows how to live in a herd and all the other stuff. So, yeah, I probably should let one go.
0: (laughs) Easier said than done, I'm sure, especially after that kind of, you have 10 months to get this going. You guys are together a lot. You build that relationship, you know, that'd be hard.
1: Yeah, it it is hard, but I always think to myself, well, I can't help another one if I don't let this one go.
0: Well, that's true. And
1: I've, I've never I've never had a situation where I've sold a horse to somebody and I was like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. They, you know, the horse didn't end up well. The horses in the Midwest, at least, they seem to end up on their feet. So it's it's okay. It's hard to sell, but it's a necessary evil. Sure.
0: Well, so who should be looking for thoroughbreds and off the track thoroughbreds or even a retired racehorse project? Who should be looking for that horse?
1: Oh, do you mean buying it straight off the track or do you mean after they're made? Both, really.
0: First, the right off the track. And then second, maybe somebody who's had 10 months or 12 months under a trainer and, and is ready to
1: have some more experience. That second horse is everybody. Okay. Because everybody should be, if you like thoroughbreds, and the thing is, you know, any horse who's not trained is not fun, but any horse who's trained and sane is fun. And so, unfortunately, some people have a bad opinion about thoroughbreds because they think they're crazy because an off-track horse, straight off the track, might have a few moments of, whoa, yay, I'm not in a box stall. I, I can have freedom. They might be a little bit up for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But if you just sort of let them trot around a little bit, they figure it out in a week. And then pretty soon they're just like any other quarter horse. (laughs) But (laughs) so anybody should be looking, could be looking to buy a horse who has had, you know, some retraining. Buying a horse straight off the track, I think lots more people could do it than think they can. What it really takes is having some time and some patience and if you haven't trained a horse before, getting with a good trainer. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of people who have bought horses pretty much straight off the track and they just come and meet with me like at first once a week and I say, okay, here's, here's where you are, here's what you need to learn by next week and then, you know, just come back and come back and I'll help you. You know, so I basically, am, you know, like a teacher just giving you, here's your homework, go do that, come back and then we'll check the homework and then we'll give you some more and then after they get going and they start understanding the system, then maybe they only come every month and then after that, maybe they only come every three months or when they run into trouble or whatever. So it's possible to train your own horse, but you do need help if you haven't done it before. And finding these off-track horses has gotten much easier lately. Like if you're on Facebook, there's OTTB Connect, which is Off-Track Thoroughbred Connect. And there are Midwest Thoroughbreds. There's just lots of ways to find them. It used to be like you had to know a trainer. And the good news is with social media, it's gotten much better for horses because a lot more people know about them.
0: Sure. Still a good idea to maybe take your trainer or a good buddy along to just give an extra eye?
1: Um, Yeah, it probably is. Sometimes I think those things done by committee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Right? Uh, yeah. If you don't have the space to make a mistake, like if you're boarding a horse, you're like this horse has to work or I'm screwed, then yes, you need to have your trainer there or somebody who's extremely knowledgeable, who will be honest with you and doesn't have their own agenda. That person is hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you need to to have that for sure. But to tell you the truth, I just looked at Howdy, I'm like, yeah, all right. So (laughs) when I took him in for his pre-purchase exam, which you should do probably, we found a whole bunch of stuff wrong, (laughs) a whole bunch of stuff, but it was all stuff I could live with. And that's something I wanted to say about pre-purchase exams is our technology has gotten so much better and our general knowledge has gotten so much better that people who 20 years ago expected to have a horse with no problems where the vet goes, I can't find a problem at all. You're not going to get that these days because if you radiograph x-ray something now they're probably going to find something because the radiographs have improved so much like we found an osteochondroma above his left knee and that's basically just like a little nodule that grows out from their bone Mm And I was like, and they're like, you know what? A lot of horses may have them and we may not even know that they have them their whole life. But they said what it could happen is down the road when he's jumping, and this was you know, a year ago, he wasn't jumping then. You may find that he doesn't want to bend that knee because the tendons slide right across that there. And so a really conservative person might've passed on the horse. But I'm like, well, if the horse can't jump, he could probably still fox hunt because when we fox hunt, we really don't jump that much. Mm -hmm. So if he has to jump, three jumps in a day that's probably still going to be okay for him but for him to be a show hunter if that affected him would be a real problem and kind of sticks in my craw a little bit when people hear one bad thing about a horse you know one negative thing from a vet and they're like they pass out. it's like you know nobody is perfect you just have to figure out what risk you can tolerate and i think some people are unnecessarily risk averse
0: well and maybe some don't quite have all of the, the experience or the knowledge to know that you know that's really not that big of a deal or you know if it becomes a big deal we can help it this way and so I guess I feel like if it was me I'd go to somebody who has experience like you and say hey Kami what do you think you know or or, a vet that I trust what do you think and so but yeah that's exciting to know though that the technology has gotten so good and that the knowledge behind it has gotten so much better to where you can say well that's a little thing probably don't need to worry about it it's there but it's not a big deal
1: exactly it yep yeah that's why it's good to have yeah
0: Exactly. I like it. Well, so
1: what are you and Howdy up to next? Well, to tell you the truth, he had four days off because I was like, you know what? Why don't you just go be a horse for a while? So, (laughs) And yesterday I just started riding him again and we're going to work a little bit in that dressage. I might actually go and ride with uh, another local professional and get her opinion because, you know, I'm pretty good with horses, but I don't know everything. And so I'm going to talk to her and say, you know, we have a lot of tension here. You know, what do you think or what pathway should we go down? Mm -hmm. And then after, I need to get that straightened out because dressage is the French word for training. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the dressage right, Eventually, it will come to bite you in the ankles, at least. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. We're going to get that right. But of course, I'm not going to just drill dressage because that's not good for anybody. So they'll be jumping, and, and we'll probably do a little fox hunting this fall if I can get a day that the footing is really good. Because these young horses, I like to take them out when the footing is good and maybe the field isn't too large, so that they can just have a good first experience. Whereas my more experienced horses, you can take them out in the mud and and <laughs> in the 50 horse field, and they're like, whatever, this is what I do, it's fine. <laughs> but it makes it makes a big difference for the, the greener horses so regardless of however old they are okay
0: and the plans for howdy are probably in the eventing field for you
1: yeah I mean he jumps <laughs> he jumps like a million bucks the other thing I've been thinking about you know I said to myself a couple of years back I'd like to try a hunter derby the the hunter jumper world has really opened their eyes to the fact that they're jumping in the arena has gotten a little artificial and canned. Mm-hmm. And so they started uh, this thing called the Hunter Derby. What they do is they have more natural obstacles and different courses. And it's still the same thing. It's jumping on the quality of the horse's jaw, but it's a little more, frankly, fun. <laughs> and I think he'd be really, really good at that. So I might look into that.
0: Well, that's exciting. You've got your, your strong suits yeah. and then some other options, too. I love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah,
1: yeah. Always got something to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not a worry for you. I don't think
1: yeah. <laughs> No, not <Okay>. really.
0: <laughs> well, Cammy, I've used up about all of my time and I've just enjoyed this True. so much. I really appreciate your time, Cammy. I really do. This is wonderful. Thank you for sharing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was it was really, really fun. And people should keep thoroughbreds in mind because it's amazing what they can do. And the um, Retired Racehorse Project Thoroughbred Makeover, it's, I tell you what, it's a wonder trip if you want to just clear up that weekend and just go down to Lexington and really have a good time.
0: Good to know. Okay. Well, that is great. I appreciate it. I'm I'm just excited. And I'd love to talk to you again. I'm sure we can come up with some topics. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Cammie. Thank well, you thank so you. much. Yes. Have a wonderful day. A sincere thank you to Cami Stockhausen. If you'd like to learn more about Cami and Howdy, check out Cami's Horsativity blog at horsativity.com. Cami has a wonderful, informative website at camstock.net that can tell you more about the services Field Day offers. You can also follow her on Facebook at Cami Stockhausen's Field Day page. Thanks, Cami! Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.